0: Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across the UK and Ireland, brought to you by Insurance Business.
1: This episode is presented in partnership with Rightshaw. For the latest episode of IBA Talk, four times best selling author and founder of Rightshaw, Jeff Arnold, provides insight on how the industry can compete with other industries to recruit hire and train the brightest candidates he takes a deep dive into how to best retain top talent and how generational differences are relevant in today's corporate staffing challenges hi everyone and welcome back to iba talk the insurance business america podcast I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business, and in today's episode, I'm very excited to welcome back Jeff Arnold, founder of RightShore. Jeff, it's great to have you on the show again.
0: Thank you so much, Bethan. I am equally excited to continue the conversation with you.
1: Uh, It's it's just great to have you on board. Um, Over the course of this episode, Jeff and I are going to tackle a very timely and important topic, how the insurance industry can win the war for talent. Now, Jeff, I've heard this said in so many different ways, the great resignation, the great reshuffle, more recently, the great retirement, and of course, the war for talent. You've been working in the insurance industry for 30 years and are widely considered as a thought leader and ambassador for the industry. So Jeff, just how serious is this current labor situation?
0: Well, thanks so much, Beth, and I would submit to you uh, and your listeners that, um, it is quite unique right and there are actually two different issues at play there's the labor issue that that you speak of um, but there's also additionally a skill set issue right and so there is absolutely a war for talent and labor um, but in addition to that the the new labor force coming in there's just a different skill set that needs to be adapted and developed right there there exists, in the upcoming generation, the incoming generations, this really tech-forward skill set, but but uh, without insulting, there's a lot more to learn from that generation in human relations, effective execution of tasks, and getting things done. And so this war that we speak of is is just getting people into our industry, which have lots of great solutions for that, but it also is in training transferring knowledge, giving skill sets to those new workers to be a success in our industry.
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And that that tech forward skill set that you mentioned there, Jeff, um, you've authored, authored several books about insurance and risk management. And in your latest book, which is titled uh, Tech Forward, Tech Enabled, Tech Shackled, you tackle that talent issue and you look at that kind of tech forward skill set. There was one statement in the book that, that caught my eye, which was that employees are overwhelmed, not overworked. Uh, can you tell us what you mean by that?
0: Yes, this, um, this comment met with great opposition sometimes, really, and it bubbles up on a lot of uh, uh, podcasts and interviews. And, and what I meant was simply this, that we are all, everyone, COVID kind of changed our entire workflow, management systems, management styles lifestyles. And so what we see from a predominantly telecommuting society now is this massive feeling. And also what we hear is this massive feeling of overworked. We need more people. There's too much work to do for the people allowed. And when I look at the data and not the emotion, right? So I separate the data and the emotion what we find in our space and when our space – I mean in my, my firm in North America, Right Sure, because um, this exists in, in our company too, right? And I push back and submit to our, our staff that I think the word you're looking for is overwhelmed, not overworked, and here's why. So the data would say that we are uh, receiving fewer calls, right? Uh, writing fewer policies, and the number of clicks and visits has kind of subsided for 2022 a little bit. But the amount of work that it feels like that our people are doing keeps growing, and everyone needs more staff. Um, But my comment is maybe we're overwhelmed, not overworked because we're trying to fit so much into our normal day. Um, you know, you really, for those that telecommute full-time, you've lost that ability to get out 30 or 45 minutes on the way to work and, and back to work and just have you time. So, so much of people's day is started with kind of chasing dopamine, right? I call it waking up out of bed and and looking for um, that, that next fix or that next hit on the social media. And if you start your day chasing dopamine, you're always going to be tired and overwhelmed because you haven't had a chance to connect with yourself. And the one more quick thing, sorry to be a bit long-winded on this, but the other thing I challenge our people to do is those two things. Don't start your day chasing dopamine and don't start your day with email. Email is other people's work. Start the first 30 to 45 minutes of your workday focusing on your task and the stuff that you need to get done. So I could spend a lot of time on this topic. I'm very passionate about it, So, uh, but we'll just leave it there to say that, um, challenge your thought that you're not overworked, but possibly overwhelmed.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a really, really interesting and quite refreshing way to to look at it because it certainly has been an interesting challenge to kind of find that balance when we're all working remote. Now drawing on another data point that is often quoted, uh, 50 at, well, at least 50% of all insurance staff are looking for different jobs. Jeff, is there any data that supports that often quoted phrase? Um, and if so, I mean, how can we help to retain our key staff in the industry?
0: Yeah, it's a good, great question. I'm not sure where the data point comes from. Um, but I, I, it, it aligns within my being, right. I suspect that, uh, Every executive, any manager, frontline, top level, what have you, needs to be keenly aware that at least half of your people are looking for employment elsewhere, right? And even if they aren't, it is very, very wise to treat them as if they are so that we're constantly empathetic with our people, re-recruiting our people, letting them know that, uh, that we care and that we are engaged and interested in furthering their career. And so, uh, again, with respect to the statistic, I'm not sure where that actual number came from, but every single leader should be treating their staff as if they're they're looking so that they're pouring more of themselves into them and giving them more of the vision to keep them around.
1: Kind of building on that, you've also said in recent interviews and things like that, that in today's corporate environment, you know, so many people are distracted and they're unmotivated, misaligned or, you know, just burnt out. Can you dive a bit deeper into that? I, I think it kind of ties into what you said earlier about being overwhelmed as well.
0: Admittedly, I agree. There, there are a great many distractions pulling us in a thousand different directions. Right? Uh, just the sheer uh, inability to stay focused um, on on topics is is really prevalent around conference rooms, around Zoom calls, in every cubicle. It is a learned skill, uh, and so many of us have to relearn that. Right? We've been kind of. Um, you know, we, we, we all love to blame things on COVID, but it also changed how we do business. And so it does tie back into what we spoke about moments earlier, um, overwhelmed versus overworked, right? We, this constant distraction for more noise in our life, more more, uh, less silence, right? I mean, we're paying a price by, by that constant feeling of overwhelm. And I would even submit, I'm not a doctor, but I would even submit that, you know, it can just drain your adrenals where you feel tired all the time. But, but stepping out of that and getting some you time is very, very, very healthy and beneficial for you and your employer.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now. Jeff, I can tell from, you know, our many conversations now that you are definitely a people person. (laughs) I've heard you speak about kind of the generational differences between, you know, boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z. How is this relevant in today's corporate staffing challenges? And how do you think managers can ensure they're meeting the needs of different generations in the workplace?
0: I wish we had an hour because I would take it up on this subject alone, Bethann. I mean, this is its very own unique podcast, but we'll try to, uh, let's try to be succinct and run through here as, as succinct as I can be anyway, right? So yeah, there are, you know, there currently exist in the workplace four different generations and and you listed them, uh, Boomer, Gen X, Millennial, and Gen Z. Uh, and uh, also, coming up is Gen Alpha, right? And if you're in retail or the front line space, you'll start working alongside Gen Alphas real soon, within you know two to four years. And so, there will be five generations in workspace. And the big difference, the generational difference, is as a leader, as a manager, you have to use a different skill set in how you approach, retain, recruit, manage, correct. Um, each of these different generations. And I'll, and I'll just go to the opposite ends because, again, I'd love to take an hour, but we don't have it, right? So, uh, but the boomer generation um, is look, if, if, if you ask a baby boomer to, to give you eight hours, they'll probably give you 10 hours and check in all along the way to make sure everything's in, um, in the order that you want and that it is effectively executed, right? That is a skill set that they've learned over time. Well, the Gen Z um, generation, the latest ones in haven't learned those skill sets yet. It's not bad, but also the mentality is, you know, eight hours is eight hours. It's, it's not so readily relevant for them to go to extra hours, right? They have this different, not bad, different life work balance. And it's not all about the pouring your soul into the corporate world anymore. It's about this balance. And so uh, just to quickly summarize this, if you manage or lead any diff- any of these generations, you have to address each generation different and use different words, right? I mean, you have to use softer words the, 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 the younger down the generation you go. It's not bad. It's just real. And so just you should be aware of it that no one size fits all email, no one-size-fits-all communique, no one-size-fits-all message will resonate with all generations. You have to speak directly and distinctly to them.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, the younger generations are looking up to the boomers, you know, I want to be in that person's position in 10, 15 years time, and yet they have these different approaches to work. So it is an interesting challenge, I imagine, for managers and leaders to kind of navigate this time um so very interesting thoughts there jeff thank you
0: yeah can i can i interrupt one more uh comment here i thought this is quite humorous because i am you know i have four children and millennials and, and and gen z's and uh uh, my own mother hit me with this. It's kind of funny because I'm, a, I'm an aged man, but uh, I was talking about how, um, you know, just the work ethic is different and they, they've moved back into home. They leave home. And my own mom just will make this real personal said, uh, may I remind you, Jeffrey, that, uh, in the, um, uh, Early 80s, you spent most of your afternoons just watching MTV and avoiding going to college. So I think that we're, we're unduly harsh on this new generation. And my own mom kind of gave me that, that hard pill to swallow. And so I'm sorry for throwing that in, but it was just so relevant and timely that I thought that kind of cute.
1: <laughs> no, that's okay. She gave you the Jeffrey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, moving on, another phrase I've heard you uh, say a few times is, Psychic income. Now, can you tell me what you mean by psychic income and and how it relates to this conversation around talent attraction, development, and retention?
0: Sure. So, there are two different ways that that people are compensated, in in, in my estimation, right? There is the physical income, right? That's the, the dollars that we take home, the pounds that we take home for the work that we do and contribute to our employer. But there's also another level that an employer can pull and it's psychic income. And psychic income is free to spend and and, and not spent freely enough, right? So psychic income is just letting your people know that you care, creating deep connectivity with Each person all along their path, all along their journey, giving them the vision, direction and guidance said, like, look, you want to be in that quarter office. Here's what it takes to get there. Right. And using empathy in in a daily portion of your skill set or in a daily portion of uh, how you go about connecting with your people. And so psychic income is the ability, in addition to dollars and pounds, to let people know that they matter. And you can spend very freely with this. And those managers, those leaders, those companies that spin freely with psychic income, retain people much longer, have a much happier workforce.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you. I like that theme. And as someone from one of the younger generations, I would say that that resonates well, um, you know, with millennials and Gen Zs. And that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, they're definitely looking for today. So. Um, it's an interesting kind of theme and idea to, to think about, definitely for the leaders. And so, Jeff, I just want to close this out. Coming back to uh, your most recent book, um, you talk a lot about uh, talent. Again, you mentioned that sort of tech-forward skill set. That's the type of thing we're looking for in the industry today. More and more insurance companies are using technology and innovation to attract talent. What are the differences between being tech-forward enabled or tech shackled and how does that impact in your opinion staffing recruitment and talent retention
0: great question um i've received quite a bit of uh uh yeah, yeah, quite quite a bit of feedback and comments from CEOs, from CIOs, from from tech people on uh, on my book, uh, on that book. And what I meant by that is is just a personal experience, uh, you know, being in this business for thirty years. I kind of broke down um, the tech into those three things: forward, shackled, and enabled. And if you've ever been involved in a company. Externally or internally, that adopted new technology, you've had to submit to those three like areas, right? And so, um, in our industry today, everyone's everyone wants that moniker, that label, InsureTech, tech, right? Because uh, it's the latest, greatest, cool fad. Well, you know, I've always maintained that insurance is sexy, fun, awesome, and the most exciting place ever. Um, but when it comes to the tech side, um, companies often in an, in an effort to be labeled an ensure tech, run and quickly adopt new technology. And so the whole concept of this book is be very careful, tread lightly, caveat emptor, right? Buyer beware that, you know, in your effort to become tech forward, which is really being out front and making changes that are consumer friendly and people want to do business with you, um, that, which is different than being tech-enabled. With tech-enabled, which is you know utilizing technology, mobile phones, mobile apps, smart technology, um, the ability to bind online, and that's vastly different than being tech-shackled. And the way tech-shackled happens is you run out to adopt a new technology. Implement it and find out that it breaks every part of your process. And now it's harder for consumers to do business with you. It's harder for your people to answer questions. Um, I oft, I challenged a CEO of a, a large insurance company recently on this very subject um, because they're two years into a, a tech overhaul. And I said, um, it's almost, I hit him pretty hard. I said, it's almost like he was just handed over the reins to the CIO and the MIS department and, and had them make this technology change and they aren't famous for being integrated in the consumer side. And so be very, very careful that this doesn't continue and you tech shackle your entire organization. So, and how that relates to how we recruit, we hire hire, and train people is if you're mired deep into a tech shackled organization, then, then it's not effective and it destroys morale Uh, and is a detractor in that psychic income we talked about. So just to summarize this very, very quickly here, that if you are in charge of, and part of, have a seat at the table of any tech integration, press those three thoughts up against the entire process. Are we being tech forward? We're using this to be tech enabled and God forbid, please make sure that we do not become tech shackled. So that's my thoughts on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) <laughs> no, that's great, um, Jeff. Lots of excellent insights there for our listeners to take away. Um, this is just such an important time for the insurance industry, and how insurance companies tackle this war for talent will, you know, really impact their chances of success in the future. And lots of great ideas in this conversation today. So thank you very much, Jeff, for you know yet another great conversation. It's been great to have you on the show.
0: Thank you so much. Again, I look forward to these, these uh, conversations and these podcasts. Always a pleasure speaking with you.
1: <laughs> you too. And thanks also to our listeners for tuning in. I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business, and this was IBA Talk. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of IBA Talk. For more from Jeff, you can visit jeffarnold.com. Thank you for listening to IBA Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on Podbean. You can also tune in on your favourite listening channel. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts.